All right, welcome everyone to the Prospero Sunday meeting. Today, we're very fortunate to have John Atwater as our speaker. John went to the University of Colorado in Boulder. After spending a semester in Europe, he felt major changes were coming. It turns out Uranus and Pluto were transiting his first house, so his hunch was correct. Oh boy. <laughs> Some friends introduced him to the Prosperos, and he eventually took all of the Prosperos classes. <clears throat> he found his tribe mm. and enjoyed the community. John then returned to Colorado and earned money for 16 years, <clears throat> had exciting jobs that were tons of fun, as he puts it. At the same time, he studied solar energy, built a super insulated house in the mountains outside of Denver, went back to college and earned a teaching certification, then uh, began teaching the fourth and sixth, fourth, fifth and sixth grade for 15 years. He got his MA in special education and became lead staff to a group home for a medically fragile, developmentally delayed guys for seven years. In 2016, he retired and went to something called Burning Man, which he'll be telling us about in his talks. Great that you're here, John. Take it over. All right. Welcome, everybody. Uh, my first... Uh, uh, encounter was a public uh, broadcasting special on Burning Man. And it was very uh, captivating. And it seemed, though, from what they were showing that you had to be wealthy. They had these people with these huge, giant RVs, cost probably as much as my house going there and doing something. And the other thing I didn't like was it was in the, the desert in Nevada during Labor Day, and I, my sister had lived in Las Vegas, and I had visited, and I couldn't imagine that I could enjoy anything that hot. Uh, so I, I thought it was cool if I got rich, and you know, <laughs> but someday. And then I had a, uh, a tenant, uh, and his daughter came to stay with him for a while, and she was from <clears throat> Detroit, and she was uh, involved in the Burning Man community in Detroit. I had no idea there was in such a thing. She was a person of color. Uh, that was even more amazing. And she told a friend of mine about it. And there was a regional called Apogea that happens in Colorado. And she talked him into going. So he went to that and loved it. Then he went to Burning Man and he loved that. I had talked him into joining a friend, another friend uh, on his first trip to Europe. And he went a couple times after that. He came back from Burning Man and he told me, you know how transformative it was for me to go to Europe? Just Burning Man is just as good. So I thought, well, that's cool. <laughs> so I didn't immediately go to Burning Man, but I started going to Apogea, the regional uh, Burning Man. There are regionals uh, in like 100 places around the world. Uh, so... There was one there, it was just outside of Bailey. I went there, I had really no idea what it was. Um, 
And I was mind boggled at the effort people put in. They had hauled five semi-truck trailers and built this maze and clowns chased you through it <laughs> if you wanted them to. They had the zombie saloon, which is a geodesic dome with old Western swinging doors stocked with everything any bar would have. You just walk in and ask for drinks. People cooked you breakfast. There was music and entertainment and uh, all sorts of, you know, uh, uh, games and, and just everything. I was like, what is this? So I was pretty hooked. So I started volunteering at all of the things. I volunteered everywhere you could. I met all these people. And after about five years, I, I got a Burning Man ticket in the general sale. General, Man, uh, general sale sells out. Uh, I think that year they had 63 or 7,000 people. Now they don't have that many tickets because they have directed tickets, but I got the ticket. By this time I knew people in the community and I knew I needed to have a project and, and you know, camp with people. And I called up uh, a group that I knew and uh, they were making a, a project to take there and I joined up with them. Uh, that was the year that they had, the theme was Da Vinci's Workshop. There's a little Da Vinci's Workshop. Uh, so we spent a, uh, about six or eight weeks working a, a couple hours, a, a couple times, uh, twice a week building this project that we took there. And what we had was uh, a mm -hmm. workshop space all around the man. They had places to have workshops and our workshop was a workshop. <laughs> uh, so we had two rooms with tables and chairs and we had uh, beautiful art murals. We made these arches that looked sort of like marble that had inside the columns had programmable LED lights. Um, and we organized whoever wanted to sign up. We had everything from an eight-year-old making a workshop on rubber band jewelry to uh, workshops on astrology, tarot, consent, fabric print printing, a pendant workshop, programming some little computer things. Just whatever people wanted to do, sign up. We organized it. We set everything up and we'll have some pictures of that. But I want to just imagine that you're transported to a very, very inhospitable place. Um, I suppose Antarctica would be worse, but you're in this desert and you're thinking, oh, there's saguaros and there's cactuses and, you know, scorpions and critters running around. No, there's nothing there. Nothing grows. There's not a plant. There's not an animal. There's not a bug. Um, it's completely flat, one of the flattest places on earth. In fact, they've set several land speed records there because there's nothing to run into and it's completely flat. It's an alkali dried out lake bed. And this alkali, when you walk, drive on it or crunch it up or anything, it's finer than sand. So in addition to, you know, temperatures in the low 40s in the, in the night to the low hundreds in the day, there's also these winds from no wind to 40, 50, 60, 70, even more miles per hour. When the wind hits the dirt, suddenly it's like you're in a sandstorm on Mars or something. It's surreal, beyond belief. So you're in this very inhospitable place, no water, no anything alive. 
everything you want to do for a week or 10 days, you got to bring with you. You need shade structures, you need water, you need, and you're going to build a city of 60 or 70,000 people. <laughs> That's a bit of a challenge. Uh, it's sort of a combination of uh, outdoor camping experience and extreme conditions to a huge interactive art festival combined with uh, something else. I don't know. And so just imagine you're there and it's just amazing. So Ben's going to play a, a short five minute thing that will let you see it. In, in better words than I could describe it. And then we'll back to the rest of the time. <clears throat> well, that makes me homesick. <laughs> uh, because it was called Dreaming of Home because, uh, oh wait. Sorry about that. Okay, I didn't hear myself, so. <laughs> wait a minute, gotta figure out how to stop this. Okay. Right. Uh, that was, that was called uh, Dreaming of Home 2020. Because of COVID, uh, Burning Man was canceled for the first time in gosh knows how many years. And that was clips from uh, uh, 16, 17, and some other years. And it was <laughs> a homesick uh, thing. And it was Dreaming of Home. And it came out in 2020 because there was no Burning Man. But it gives you an idea of how big it became with 67 or 70,000 people uh, going and you see the desert and you see, you know, some of the 300 art installations, you see the, the, the temple looking buildings are temples. And I'll explain what that is. And of course you can see the man, uh, the man in the wheel was the first one I went to. And that was the Da Vinci workshop. And that was, you know, the Da Vinci man. He was supposed to spin around. You go in and get a bunch of people. Well, he did spin around. He got upside down, stuck that way. But they were able to write him right side up before he burned, which made me very happy. So uh, uh, now that you kind of see what everybody was faced with and what they're able to do, uh, I want to tell you the story of Larry Har uh, Harvey. Uh, and he was a very interesting person. Uh, he grew up in Portland uh, in, in some strange thing in his neighborhood. There were no kids his age. They were older and younger. He had a brother, um, but he was uh, kind of a, a bit of a weirdo. Somebody gave him the uh, on the origins of the species book and when he was 12 and he read that. He read fiction. He read a lot because there weren't he had a little hard time uh, connecting uh, somewhat because of the age and maybe just how he was. Eventually joined the army, served as a clerk in Germany, came back, went to the University of Portland for a while, moved to San Francisco area. Nothing really clicked for him. He described himself as a failed bicycle messenger, a failed taxi driver, a failed gardener, a failed landscape person. And actually, he was profoundly alienated and lonely and in deep despair, <laughs> uh, but has a happy ending. <laughs> he said he saw no place for him in the world. He was a, a, a very social, critical person and thought deeply about things. So he and a friend somehow came up with this idea in 86. They were going to make a wooden effigy of a man 
and burn it on the solstice down at Baker Beach. They had a truck, so they got this man and they put it down there and erected it, coat, you know, coated it with gasoline and lit it. Pretty soon, all these people are gathering around. What the heck is this? They had people, I had a couple people were beating drums. Some guy was strumming a guitar and all of these things. And somehow <laughs> something clicked for Larry. <laughs> and from this alienated, lonely, despairing person, he saw that he could have a place and he was going to do it. And that's the origin of Burning Man from the depths of, of you know, uh, his loneliness. He created Burning Man. He became a main uh, face of Burning Man, the CEO of Inspiration. Uh, he didn't do everything by any means, but he was the, the chief philosopher. And it grew some years. It doubled in population for several years in a row. But before that, they had to move it to Black Rock because people got upset that he was trying to burn something on the beach and somebody might get hurt. So it moved to Black Rock, and that's in Arizona, but it's in northern Arizona, not too far from Reno, an hour, I don't know how far, hour or two from Reno. It's not down in Las Vegas. Now, it does get hot, but not quite as much. And so it's that flat place with all the dust and everything. And so uh, it's almost unbelievable that Larry had no place in the world and then he starts this thing that is so much of community, art, creativity, that's now spread, well, before COVID, over 100,000 people were attending Burning Man events all around the world. So, you know, I think, <laughs> I think he had a very happy ending because he spent the rest of his life doing that. He passed in 2018. So he <laughs> magically found a place that, you know, all the hurt in his soul uh, was transformed and given to the world. So I love happy endings. So that's kind of the story of Larry Harvey. And now if I can get this. I'll give you a, this is only going to take a minute. So that, that short video clip that's beautiful and all the, all the colors you can see and, and the stunning lights uh, is all it's all there, but what it doesn't show is all the work. Gabran said, work is love made visible. And so you can only imagine all the work it takes to build that city and all those things. And uh, 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 so it, it, it's actually amazing, really, how, how that occurs. And uh, and it also doesn't show all the connections and all the community because everybody works together. So I'll go back to my personal story. I got the ticket. We worked on our, our project uh, to, to go to the Da Vinci workshop. Uh, ben, can you show some of the pictures? Some of them are that year, some of the other, but uh, I'll... Oh, I don't, I, I don't have them set up. I'm sorry. Oh, that's okay. That's all right. Anyway, um, uh, all around the man were these structures and they had roofs, you know, so it doesn't rain much, but, you know, they were somewhat enclosed, but not completely. 
we made these arches that looked uh, at the top like they were made of marble and they had these plastic columns <laughs> that had programmable LED lights. And then uh, we had an artist that was in our group and he painted these huge paintings of a lion and a rhinoceros with people in them, uh, you know, sort of Da Vinci-like machines. Uh, and then uh, we had all the benches and the workshops and everything. And so uh, there was that. And when we got there, they, we rolled around in the dirt, but we worked together for weeks. And then we uh, traveled in a couple different groups together and we got there and then we got early entry, which is uh, very good because uh, uh, it, when the when the thing opens up, you might be in, in in the line for hours, but we were in there for like half an hour, an hour maybe. We had a designated camping place, so we went and sat up all of our things. We had built a, a shower for the camp. We had built a, uh, a structure where we could eat together and you know cook together and things like that. And so what that what that stunningly visual video didn't show is all the work. We were so connected. Uh, some of those people are my closest personal friends today that I went out there on that first trip. And so all the people that are building things are not just building structures or places or art, they're building connections. And then you get out there and you're wandering around and you can only buy ice and coffee or tea. Everything else is a gift. <laughs> That's, uh, there's people with costumes, you just take what you want. There's salmon fish dinners, there's bars everywhere, bourbon tastings, craft beer tastings, smoothies for breakfast, cheesy fries at midnight, homemade ice cream, all of it just for free. So they give you this book, the first book, 160 pages of what, where, when, because everything is not open 24 hours a day. Uh, so there is literally anything you could imagine and more. And in this book, you could find things you want to do. I'm going to turn on my light and try to read some of them just to give you a clue because it's amazing. Uh, building duck lessons, morning soul music shakedown, karaoke. Uh, Naked pub crawl, a procession to the temple, black rush playa dust, what's in it? Um, guild uh, workshops, masquerade, fire village parade, uh, game night, wine sharing, uh, tasteless Tuesday cold pickle service. Da Vinci's Closet, a, gist, a gifted costume experience. Uh, we got uh, Fire Breathing, Beginner's Twerk Shop. We have Solar Playa in Instructional Happy Hour. We have uh, Find Your Hot Playa Date, Throw Your Cares Away. Buddhism for Children, Knitting, Crochet, and Fiber Arts Party, Scotch Fest, Kamikaze Karaoke, Block Party, uh, Dream and Chant, or Drum and Chant Circle, uh, 
Kinky Exploration, Sacred Symphony Show, Qigong. So all sorts of things. Uh, the first book had 160 pages. The next year I went, it was 190. It was like more things than you could do if you're 100 people. Just <laughs> unbelievable uh, variety of events. And of course, uh, one of the problems was if you find an event and you know when it is and you figure I'm going to get on my bike, you kind of have to have a bike to get around because it's three miles, five miles, roughly. You don't want to walk that far. It's nice to walk around your neighborhood uh, sometime, but you're trying to go somewhere. Well, <laughs> as soon as you start off, you're, you're uh, diverted by people saying, come in, have some, have some cold lemonade. Come in, we have a beer tasting. Come in, see the final contestants of our contest. And they're like barkers hawking you to get you in. And then you find out, you know, you see three different things that are better than what you were going to go look for it turned out to be that way. So it's, it's difficult <laughs> to ever, uh, you know, I did make a few things I was trying to do, but man, it's tough. You got to be really dedicated to go because there's so many things and, and they're not all there all the time. So, you know, you might ride your bike by three times and nothing's happening. And the next time it's the most interesting thing you've seen all day. So that's wonderful. It's uh. But, you know, that movie shows you the visual spectaculars, but it doesn't show you the work. It doesn't show you how hard people work. And everything is a gift. Everything is a gift, which is so weird. It's, uh, and it's hard to even imagine that from the world we live in, which burners call the default world, they're at home. And home is just sharing and giving. So, uh, you know, they're little gifts. A lot of people make different things like say, oh, here's a little Burning Man thing, or here's another one. Some things are bigger. Uh, what do you got? Uh, oh, I got these. Uh, let's see, Some of them have fallen off, but all these, these pennants that they made, this one fell off. I have to thread it in. But yeah, you know, I got a pillowcase with Burning Man on it. Uh, uh, and of course, a lot of this stuff is experiential. They have people that wash your hair and give you a head massage because of all that dust. So the head washers, you go there and, 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 and it's things like that. It's just so crazy. All the entertainment, all the games, all the, you know, they have lessons in Tai Chi and yoga and acrobatics and uh, talks on anything like TED, TED Talks on maybe the environment or uh you know sexual things or anything you can imagine and it's all given from love so after a while it opens up a headspace and a heart space that really you can't imagine without being there and it just shifts some things about what the world is and what it can be and that's the transformation and it's like I kept telling my friends, you know, it's like 30% of this is just the individual conversations you get talking in all these different events uh, to people from all around the world. And I talked to this uh, young Japanese guy and he had toured Australia and he had gone to the Himalayas and went to the first base camp at Mount Everest. And then he came over to the U.S. and 
he was at Burning Man now. <laughs> Everybody gets a playa name. I said, do you have a playa name? He said, no. I said, well, I don't know, but traveler would certainly be appropriate in your case. You have these conversations with doctors and filmmakers and the artists that made the art. There was in that movie, there was a tree. It wasn't a tree that was grown on the playa. It was an artificially constructed tree that you could actually climb. It had branches and it had thousands of leaves that in the day were green, but at night they were individually, well, somewhat programmable with different colors. We went out there during the day and we were talking to the artist, developer, builder, I'm not sure what he was, and you're getting this story. And then he gave us a couple leaves that they didn't use. I mean, that those things are are equal uh, to you know well 30 percent maybe of of all the the beautiful and spectacular visuals and you know the man in the temple burning so they don't show that they don't show the individual connection they don't show the work and like that larry harvey thing he said work there's a place to work and there's a place to play and then after there's a play there's a place to work because you got to take everything down and pick up everything, go home like it was never, like you were never there. So that was it. So for me, it was it was totally amazing. Um, and I'm just gonna. Uh, Larry Harvey wrote the ten principles of Burning Man. I'm not gonna go through each of them and, and name them, but I'm just gonna sort of go through it. And then, uh, but there's ten points. Radical self-expression is one arises from the unique gifts of the individual. No, no one other than the individual or collaborating group can return its content. It's offered as a gift to others. In this spirit, the giver should respect the rights and liabilities. Community, communal effort. Our community values creative, cooperative, and co cooperation and collaboration. Civic responsibility. We value civil society. Um, leaving no trace. We respect the environment. We're con committed to leaving no physical trace of our activities when we gather. And I mean, yeah, nobody throws cigarette butts out. If they do, somebody picks it up or says, no, that's not what you're supposed to do. Or maybe they didn't see them. They go through and actually rate people. If your campsite is stuff left, they won't give you directed tickets <laughs> or they may ban you. So everybody's pretty serious about that one. Our community is committed to a radically participatory ethic. We believe that transformative change, whether in the individual or society, can only occur through the medium of deeply personal participation. We achieve being through doing. Everyone is invited to work. Everyone is invited to play. We make the world real through actions that open the heart. And it, and it does. Immediacy is one of the most most important touchstones of value in our culture. We seek to overcome the barriers that between, stand between us and our environment and recognition of our inner selves, the, the reality of the world around us. Uh, it's a very radically inclusive, much like the Prosperos. Anyone can be a part of Burning Man. We welcome and respect the stranger. No prerequisites exist for participation in our community. Literally everybody is expected. I mean, uh, very few people are wandering around nude, but if you wanna do that, that's fine. <laughs> Someone will probably offer you sunscreen. Um, gifting, Burning Man is devoted to the arts of gift, of gift giving. The value is unconditional. Gifting does not contemplate a return 
or an exchange of something for equal value. Sometimes you see these, these things on YouTube and it's like they say it's a barter economy. No, it's not. I mean, it's just you're just giving things. You're washing people's heads or hair and you're not expecting them to give you a little burning man pendant uh, or anything like that. It's all given and it's a very transformative thing. Uh, radical self-reliance, the individual is encouraged to discover exercise and rely on their individual resources. So uh, I didn't go through everything, but that's uh, kind of the thing. And he wrote that as Burning Man was spreading to all these regionals. Uh, like we say, there, there are you know, 100 of them probably around the world. Now, COVID kind of might have crashed that. It crashed Burning Man. But uh, so uh, it was a lot of work. <laughs> it's a lot of work, but it's a lot of fun. And, you know, the, the man burns on set Saturday night. Now, some things burn before. Um, they had those pyramids. They burned, I think, on Wednesday. Uh, some of them were never finished, but they still look super cool inside and out. And then they burn. That was amazing. So different things burn. I know it's not a carbon neutral event. That's for sure. But uh, the man burns Saturday. And so you saw those rings of light and all the art cars that there are. And that's just car, anything, you know, from a, a tricycle that's decorated to the biggest bus you've ever seen with a disco dancing on top or anything that looks, it's unbelievable uh, what they come up with, small and large, but anything that has lights or anything, they circle the whole man. And then they have a big fireworks display and then the man burns and everybody's cheering and dancing. And that's the Saturday night party. And, you know, it goes all night. And everybody's running around and uh, that's it. And then Sunday, the temple burns. I didn't tell you about the temple, but uh, if people tell you about Burning Man and don't mention the temple, well, they, they miss something. I'd say they missed 30, 40% of the whole thing. The temple is oh, awesomely beautiful. Um, this guy named Best designed many of them for years. Uh, it's not any type of religion. It's what they put to release, whatever you want to release. People take their loves ashes out there. I'm choking up just thinking about walking in there. People, you get a Sharpie or you, people put pictures up of their dog, their kid, their wife, and leave them notes and maybe have whole essays of their life. Uh, you go through there, and if if you're human, probably if you're not crying, you have tears leaking out your eyes. It's very silent. Maybe somebody's playing a flute or softly strumming a guitar or maybe even a chant, but it's very quiet. And when the temple burns, it's very quiet as well. So going through there, I'd always go through there a couple of times before it burns. And it was just, I just thought, God, every town needs one of these. You know, we have RHS, but what do people have, you know? So it was, uh, it, it was sort of the, the soul side of, of the rambunctious thing. So it had equal parts. And uh, after that, uh, that's Sunday night. And then 
uh, people start leaving Monday. So that's pretty much uh, Burning Man. And the first time I went was, was amazing. Uh, we had the workshops and, uh, and that was great. And then we took it all down and brought it back home. The arches appeared and several different things. The paintings, I think, finally the, art, the artist got. Um, and then the next year, because I had gone with that group, they got directed tickets. And so the next year was the Shriners. So that was the man in the hat or man in the house you saw briefly. And they had like 30 or 40 little shrines made by different groups. And ours was sort of a, uh, a Buddha looking guy, but he had a man. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'll show you. You know, the, the, the man's face is, is not humanistic so our little buddha guy i think this was one of the first ones so he had like a big belly and he looked kind of like a buddha but he had a face like this and uh and we had robes that we had made and we made a little sacred procession out there and uh and all those shrines were also burned along with or at the same time as the man and so we camped in a in a big village called the Shriners. <laughs> and people from all over the country and even around the world camped there. And, you know, we got to talking and interfacing. And once again, all those connections that don't show up in those movies. But uh, that was astounding. Also, because we had the Shriners, we got to be in the inner circle. The inner circle is the closest you can be to where the man burns. And Colorado had the Shriners. We also had a group called Hot Cocoa. And they've been there for several years, going back in this year, of fire spinners. So you have to audition and send videos in to show, and they pick the best fire spinners, and they circle the whole man before he goes off and the fireworks shows, they have the fire spinners. So we were right there next to them. And then uh, the fireworks go off and the man's burning. And I had to take my hat off put it in front of my face because they're literally so hot. It was incredible. So that was a great experience. And uh, once again, it was, uh, you know, you have these connections that, that go on. And uh, so that was it. I mean, kind of the whole, the whole uh, experience is, it, it makes you think about connection and creativity and art, and community, collaboration, <laughs> you know, not all our C words, but an awful lot of them, the Calvin C words. Um, so it's just like, it, uh, you, you think about art, and when you go there, because there's so much art, and it's just like, I just want everybody to reflect on where art is in their life. Uh, are you called to make some sort of art? Is there a poem waiting for you to write? Or uh, you have a space on your wall where you want some art? you make it or find it it's worth reflecting on art because Nietzsche said life without art would be a mistake and I think that's so right and so it's just good to think about that and then uh community I mean I was uh thrilled and it was so much easier back then there was actually a spot you could go with you know Santa Monica there was this community there and we had classes together and we'd barbecue together and party together. And I had 
Prospero roommates for three and a half years. And uh, we were all in the same, you know, uh, psychodrama together sometimes. <laughs> uh, that's your awareness, buddy. No, wait, we're all mirrors. You know, it was incredible. And that community, I think we're starting to find it in the COVID era with Zoom and more classes and different things and talks and uh, just more coming up. And it's, it's, uh, it's tricky. Uh, but I think it's uh, worth thinking about that. Uh, how do we promote uh, community, especially in today's uh, people are acting like Zoom is over. I mean, COVID is over, but it's not. But still, I think we, we are having a community and, and it reflects on that. And where can we shove the envelope a little more to make it a little, a little bit more? And creativity, gosh, you know, that's like there's an infinite space for creativity in everybody's lives and uh, appreciation of, of art and uh, collaboration, all those wonderful words, uh, connection. You know, you figure Burning Man started on this beach and now it is like, by now, I don't know, it's probably been half a million people that's done something in Burning Man. And it's, people want connection and they want, uh, and I think, you know, that's, uh, you know, we've had a lot of connection. So I just think it's good to think about those words and, and where we are with them and salute what we've got and, you know, think about where is there an opening for more of that? Or, uh, I mean, this is great. So uh, it made me think about, you know, <laughs> all of those things. And, uh, you know, it's, it's wonderful to have another tribe. I am uh, Apogee is the Colorado Regional Burning Man. And I've been on the board for three years. Uh, of course, we canceled it twice for COVID. So <laughs> I think I'll have another year on my term. But in the regionals, it's a little different because in Denver, there'll be fundraisers and uh, there's certain gatherings and parties. And there's after Burning Man, they have something called Decomp. And I've been involved with that. That was actually my first event at Burning Man. I had no idea to what it was. My friend that went to Burning Man said, you got to get a ticket to this party. It's going to sell out. And I did. Somehow he got one, which probably wasn't easy. So I'm wearing my coolest T-shirt and my jeans. I'm going into this party. You see some lady looking like an Egyptian queen and a guy wearing a petticoat and cowboy boots and a Western shirt. And I'm like, somebody forgot to tell me this was a costume thing. Not like Halloween, but just where they had fire spinners and music and aerialists and all these things I'm like, oh, my gosh. So they have those all around the country and I don't know the world after the Burning Man thing. I don't know if they have them in other countries, but they have them all through the U.S., uh, so there's all these different things and, uh, so many ways to be involved in, in the community. Uh, I've given workshops, uh, on astrology at, at Black Rock and at Decomp and, uh, been a greeter and a ranger and all these different things. And it's, uh, it's great to have a tribe that's uh, pretty inclusive to anybody as the Prosperos was and is. And so, uh, it's, uh. Uh, that's about <laughs> that's about all I can tell you. I will recommend if you're interested and want to spend half an hour watching it. Uh, it's a little more descriptive of the ideas and the history. Uh, it's called The Most Interesting City on Earth. 
It's on YouTube under Burning Man. Probably the best I've seen because I get homesick and I'll watch, <laughs> I'll watch them. But that is that is a great one. It talks about the temple, the history, that the ten principles, all of that, and you get you know all the beautiful visuals. So. So that's it. And I will uh, take any questions or something uh, anybody has. I've just about said it. Oh, let me just show you a, like a couple things. But, oh, here's one thing I'll show you just because of all the light. Here's a toy I bought. It's called a pixel whip fiber. You can dance with it. You can wrap it around your body. It's super cool because... It has all these colors. <laughs> you fit right in with all those colors and they can blink and alternate. I don't know. That was, that was my toy for my first burn. Um, <laughs> it's like a prop, you know, it's like you can do something with this. And uh, I don't know. I've always loved firework and Christmas lights. And so all the lights and burning man, that's pretty much all the lights that you can see. So, uh, <laughs> I guess I'm done now. Thank really you so good. much. Yeah, yeah. it's really good, John. Yeah, yeah. Thank you.